Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Entity Sports powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter timeline. Hit us up and follow us on Instagram and TikTok along the way. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. They are the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, farm your health plans, get better with your health coverage at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. And Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Titans. You get a free case consultation if you've been injured in a car wreck by calling Hughes and Coleman at 800-800-4600. So the two big problems, major problems, is what we're calling it for the Tennessee Titans uh, that are costing them a chance uh, to win games and allow them to go on this four-game losing streak, sitting at 7-7 seven and seven, with a very important game coming up against the Texans, uh, then a follow-up against the Cowboys on Thursday night before New Year's, and then ending the regular season uh, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are surging uh, at 6-8 and eight now uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, and it's going to be pretty crazy, but the Titans could allow this division to slip away. So one of these two major problems is the health of this football team. We're going to hear an update from Mike Vrabel and something that we're going to touch on too is what this strength and conditioning staff for the Tennessee Titans is actually doing to make sure they can get players as healthy as possible, even though it seems like every game they play four or five guys go down with some type of injury before we hear from Mike Vrabel. Let's remind you the entire yesterday show is brought to you by a moment's peace salon and day spa. So what you need to do is as we get closer and closer to Christmas, you're getting closer to that deadline and you might need that extra little something to put your gift giving over the top for that person you love the most. A momentspeace.com slash Christmas is how to do that. You're always undefeated when you go to a momentspeace.com slash Christmas because all you got to do, get a gift card. Let them choose what they want. There's 10 different services that a moment's peace has there in Cool Springs, Franklin, uh, for them to pick from. So your part, is just going to buy a gift card and let them get what they want the most. So once again, a momentspeace.com slash Christmas is how to get a sure-fired win on Christmas Day with a Moments Peace Salon and Day Spa right there on Carruthers in Cool Springs. Uh, So Zach, let's hear from Mike Vrabel on these injury situations. Uh, He was asked about it on his Monday press conference. Asking earlier on the on the injury front, how much have you in the last couple of years kind of looked at everything that you guys are doing, and have you have you changed anything or alternated? Changed a lot. Yeah, we have. I mean, training camp's been different, and you know, we track all the injuries. We track how they occur. Some guys are repeat offenders. Some injuries occur in a game. You know, 
try to limit, uh, you know, try to limit the ones that occur in practice, obviously. Um, but we were very conscious of the training camp schedule, practice schedule. Talked earlier about how we try to have done research on getting guys to 90% each and every week. So it's not, you know, just once a week on Sundays, sometimes Wednesday and Thursday, Frank will walk around with the iPad, track guys and say, hey, um, I need to get 90%. So they'll manufacture some sort of stride so that it's not just, you know, they hit 90% on Sunday, wait a week, and then all of a sudden go out and hit 90%. So we're focusing on some of those things. Um, and some guys are repeat offenders that, you know, I've been, you know, showing up there more than once on, on some things that are maybe similar or, or maybe the same injury. So there's Mike Vrabel there, and Gary just says, blah, 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 as uh, the Titans are the, the most injured football team for the second consecutive season. Yeah, they're that, repeat offenders. The yeah, team are repeat the, offenders. I, I know, and Frank Perino, who's the strength and conditioning coach, the head strength and, and conditioning coach for the Titans, talking about 90% is how can these guys get to that 90% of full speed threshold throughout the week of practice so they don't just – take it easy all week and do walkthroughs because Mike Grable also said they're basically doing walkthroughs, you know, every day because they don't have enough guys to get through a full practice. Uh, so, you know, getting to 90% so they don't just go out there and pull a hamstring because they haven't gotten the 90% plus in the week. So what was your main takeaway from that from Mike Grable? Well, I have two things. Uh, okay. First, first off, I believe them. And this is, I think we have seen this firsthand of how they approach practice how they approach training camp, some things are unpreventable. Like some that that is just factual in football. So I, I think the first thing is I believe that he takes a look at it. I mean, he's got to diagnose this problem. It's the second straight year that this has happened. It's killing this franchise. It's killing this team. And, you know, their four-game losing streak, this is probably the most adversity that Mike Vrabel has been under this late in the season in a long, long time, if ever. But my second point, no one cares. Like, <laughs> I go back to that. No one cares that you're hurt. Like, it's just, nobody cares that you're not doing your job. Nobody cares that Dennis Daly is not very good. I mean, that is, that's how I think that uh, fans think about things. It's how I think uh, a lot of companies think about things. We don't care. And I think for, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow when you look around and you don't have any starters and you're wait. You're constantly waiting for guys to get back. But Austin, they did that same thing last year and they got back Derrick Henry. They got back AJ Brown. They got back Julio Jones. They lost the football game. Mm -hmm. So like th they were waiting. They were in the same mode. Is well, can they get back to Nico Autry? Can they get back Christian Fulton? Can they get back Traylon Burks? I mean, over and over. David well, Long Jr. Well, the same thing <laughs> you happened, keep right? Naming guys. So you did that last year and didn't get the result. Now that was based on poor play from a guy who wasn't injured, which is kind of funny. In Ryan Tannehill in that Bengals game, you now you don't even know if you're going to get an opportunity to be in the playoffs. I mean, it's getting down to the nitty gritty. I mean, there's three games left: Texans, Cowboys, Jags. Actually, the first statement that you had on the show, I disagreed with which was you thought the Texans is a must-win game. I don't well, think the Texans is a must-win game. but I, I think it's must-win mentally. 
But it's not a must-win game. So, I, I mean, I, we can talk about that because we'll, I did We'll do that later in the week. Yeah, we'll do that later. But, but for what the injuries represent, it is a problem, but nobody cares. So, I, I, I and, and the hard part is, like, if you go through all of the injuries of this laundry list of injuries, I think that you're going to find the majority that have nothing to do with protocol prior to the week. I think, like... I, I don't think that they are all preventative. I guess that's my overall point. So, yeah. but it is a problem that you cannot deny. Well, and I did see uh, somebody saying, uh, I'm trying to scroll back and find, oh, Kevin. Kevin there on YouTube says, repeat offenders makes him feel like Vrabel thinks some of it is the player's fault. And Zach, we talked about this back at some point last week through our conversations about pra- injuries that happened in practice versus injuries that happen in games. Mike Vrabel, we just played the clip saying that they're trying to cut down on the ones in practice. And, you know, may, we also know about Adoree Jackson is kind of what Kevin is saying uh, about the Titans not being happy with how Adoree Jackson really approached his rehab that one year that he was out for so long. And the injury happened in practice right there. And then Dom gives uh, Sam some lunch money. Uh, and maybe Jack too, depending on how we want to split up that 499. But Dom says the Titans haven't modernized their approach to injuries or personnel choices. In his opinion, they're stuck in the past. I, I disagree with Dom. I I think they have modernized it. The fact that the strength coach is walking around with an iPad, knowing when, what, and where, and how to get every player to their 90% threshold of full speed, sounds pretty modernized to me. It's and they're not going through full pads and drills and all these things that I think that they're taking a, a careful approach to the load management to use the, the NBA term uh, of their players throughout, you know, once you get into November and December. Well, that's a fine line, right? Is like, if I didn't do this show for three weeks, I'd be rested. I'd, my voice would be ready to go, right? Maybe a little rusty. But then I'd come back and I wouldn't be in full yeah. go, right? So yeah. that that's what they have to weigh. So like rest versus readiness. I think that is a key part of this. But I still go back to a lot of these injuries. The Traylon Burks injuries are freak injuries. The two sustained injuries to Traylon Burks were not his fault. Right. He got rolled up on, happens in football. He got knocked in the head, which should have been a fine on the Eagles safety. That was not his fault. He was a defenseless receiver. So Mm -hmm. like Traylon Burks, who is a big part and was supposed to be a major part of your offense that is anemic, now is on the sidelines and has missed multiple weeks because they're probably trying to be cautious because it's a, a head injury, right? And they want to make sure that he is fully prepared to go when they he actually returns for the important games. Yeah, I'm not saying that the Texans game is not important. I just don't think it's a must win that you have to bring all of your guys back. Now, and look, this is the age-old term. Peyton Manning defined this very, very well when he would just dominate the regular season. And you get the end of the season, do you rest or do you play? Do you rest? And for a lot of times... He got, he got poked out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they'd always be like, well, you know, they should have played him. Well, then you don't want to get hurt. So it, it's a tough it's a tough thing to juggle. I do think that Mike Vrabel is trying, is conscientious, 
And here's my last point. Okay. That that what we just played was a minute and 17 seconds of Vrabel answering one singular question. That was the longest answer that we had all day yesterday of 20 minutes of questioning. That tells me that he is that he's taking it seriously. Yeah. I, it, we'll play that again uh, uh, here in a second. We do want to ask this question to you guys because the title of the show is uh, what is uh, is the two major problems are crushing the Titans at the worst possible time? I think it's pretty clear that injuries to this defense are, is crushing uh, the Titans. The other one is the offensive line. So we'll play uh, again Mike Vrabel on the health and how they're managing these guys. And I've got some stats that might freak everybody out just to show you how bad Dennis Daly has been this season. But first, um, let me tell everybody, or Zach, you tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans, who's helping you stay healthy. Yeah, Farm Bureau Health Plans is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan at the beginning of the year, and man, I'm glad that I did. Plan on them for health, dental, and vision, 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee. Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee can hook you up with a great plan. Better coverage, better rates, and better service. I've gotten all three with my new health plan, and I'm very, very fortunate that I did. I save 20% every single solitary month with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's fbhp.com slash A to Z. Take a quick health assessment, get a quote, and switch today. 200-plus locations across the state. That's Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee. Also, download the BetMGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports, and that unlocks a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. Zach, you know what else is unlocked? That Austin Hooper over receiving yards because I've hit it five weeks in a row, baby. What so was on the, last week's? Last week it was 29 and a half. They moved it up a whole nine yards, and he got it there right before the quarterback sneak to get the 33 yards on the game. So unlocked is Austin Hooper's over receiving yards because I, in the BetMGM app, five straight weeks have hit this thing that goes back to the Green Bay Packers game. Uh, even though the Titans have lost four in a row, Austin Hooper's winning me some money will, on the Ben MGM. I will say this. So you're winning money on Austin Hooper. <laughs> I, we're going to take a look back and say, was Austin Hooper really truly unlocked during the season as well, a whole and, of his full body of work? Well, we have and to I remember, think we're going to get to a, fit, a big fat no. That's fine. I mean, you'll have to remember who's holding the keys to the offense, though, <laughs> when it comes to Todd Downing, who should have given up keys earlier. But anyway, Ben MGM, make sure you download. He lost the keys in the couch. <laughs> he should have lost the keys after the Green Bay game. But anyway, uh, uh, download the Ben MGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports for risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. Uh, so if you want to help me ride, <laughs> that, was good, that was a good little, I I'm actually so thought about that. Got, couch I got to car, couch to car. That was good. <laughs> All right. So the question we're going to ask you guys, what's a bigger problem for the Titans, this offensive line or the defensive injuries? I'm about to play uh, you guys, the clip from Mike Vrabel, once again, talking about the injuries, but Zach, are you ready? for these Dennis Daly stats? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Probably more ready than he is to play. <sighs> Dennis Daly has allowed 12 sacks this season. Dennis Daly has started 12 games for the Titans. Dennis Daly is tied for the NFL lead in pressures allowed 
in just his 12 starts with 43 pressures in 400 pass blocking snaps. That means Dennis Daly's pass uh, or pressures allowed percentage is 10.8. And if you know anything about 10.8, that's terrible. Aaron Brewer's pressure percentage rate is 6.4%. 6.4 is bad. Aaron Brewer has given up 6.4% of pressure on 6.4% of his pass blocking snaps. That's bad. Dennis Daly is 10.8. And so Aaron Brewer's also given up 29 pressures at left guard next to Dennis Daly's 43. This offensive line is terrible. How many snaps is Dennis Daly averaging per game? Not last game because he only played a half. But Well, I mean, if you pass protection snaps, right? He's played exactly 400 pass protection snaps. And he let's if we count the Bills game as a game played because Lawan went down pretty early, then you pretty can Pretty early. Uh, it was the first offensive snap. There is no earlier that you could get. They so the Bills got the ball, but the first offensive snap, it was is ACL snap. Yeah, so that's an average of 30.7 pass protection snaps a game uh for Dennis Daly. And it's just been atrocious. He is setting records in the worst possible way for left tackles, um, you know, throughout the NFL. So he's been very bad. Aaron Brewer has not been any good either. And so the question we're going to ask him, we get to your everybody's answers here in a second. What's a bigger problem for the Titans, the offensive line, the defensive injuries? And let's play from Mike Vrabel one more time uh, on him talking about what the Titans are trying to do throughout the week when it comes to their injury situation. Asking earlier on the on the injury front, how much have you in the last couple of years kind of looked at everything that you guys are doing, and have you have you changed anything or altered? Changed a lot. Yeah, we have. I mean, training camp's been different, and you know, we track all the injuries. We track how they occur. Some guys are repeat offenders. Some injuries occur in a game. You know, try to limit. Uh, you know, try to limit the ones that occur in practice. Obviously. Um, but we were very conscious of the training camp schedule, practice schedule. Talked earlier about how we try to have done research on getting guys to 90% each and every week. So it's not, you know, just once a week on Sundays, sometimes Wednesday and Thursday, Frank will walk around with the iPad, track guys and say, Hey, um, I need to get 90%. So they'll manufacture some sort of stride. So that's not just, you know, they hit 90% on Sunday wait a week and then all of a sudden go out and hit 90%. So we're focusing on some of those things. Um, and some guys are repeat offenders that, you know, have been, you know, showing up there more than once on, on some things that are maybe similar or, or maybe the same injury. So Mike Vrabel there on injuries uh, and a shorter version, they're trying <laughs> when it comes to the strength and conditioning staff, but things keep happening. So, Let's ask this question and get to everybody's answers here here now. What's a bigger problem for the Titans? The offensive line or defensive injuries? And Zach, I'll send you to the chat to see what everybody's thinking. Well, I knew the first answer we were going to get was this. Uh, it's just not even a part of the game. Right. Is. Is. Yeah. So, Jared, we're, we're going to eliminate that answer. Offensive line from sure from uh, Elks70. Uh, offensive line from Timothy. O-line from Noah. Defensive injuries from Steven, injuries from Jay Wood, so evening it back up. Defensive injuries from David, offensive line from Dalen. 
Offensive line is trash from Joey. The O-line without question from Lala. Offensive line from Michael. Offensive line from Caleb. Offensive line from Karen. Offensive line from Jared after he said Downing. Uh, offensive line, Deborah. Offensive line, Eric. Ronnie says offensive line. Defensive injuries from Grim Jim. Offensive line from Pistol. Offensive line from Jeff. Offensive line from Jason. Gary is going with coaching, which is not the question. Offensive line is everything. So overall, and there's more coming in, we've got defensive injuries from Nick and offensive line from Martin. O-line from Dave and Lewis. Steele goes with wide receivers. I, I think for the chat, their overall answer is offensive line. Austin, what is your answer to this question? I'm surprised that it's this heavy offensive line. Now, uh, here's a a R.E.K.T. on YouTube says defensive injuries because the defense was winning the Titans games early on, which is true. When the Titans won seven out of eight games, the defense was doing a lot of good things. And the one game they lost in that stretch was taking Patrick Mahomes to overtime in Arrowhead and only allowing, what, 20 points or or 19 points for the Chiefs offense that game. So my answer is also offensive line, Zach, because I'm watching the Titans defense with Jack Gibbons, Dylan Cole, uh, and Greg Maben playing a lot of snaps on the defensive uh, in the secondary at linebacker. And you see guys like Demarcus Walker and Mario Edwards Jr. making plays, no tier tart. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out there on defense that are helping. And you're seeing the defensive coaching staff try to help overcome some of those injuries. But the Titans offensive coaching staff can't overcome the inability of the left side of the offensive line. Zach, I already said Dennis Daly has given up 12 sacks this year. Aaron Brewer is credited with only four. So that doesn't seem like a lot. Ryan Tan, the Titans quarterbacks with Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis this year have been sacked 39 times. So that means Dennis Daly has given up over 30% of the sacks this year on Titans quarterbacks. Aaron Brewer and Dennis Daly are giving up nearly 34% combined on that left side. And, you know, there are times when running backs get credited for sacks because of pass protection, tight ends the same way. I know Chig has given up a couple sacks, but when the left side of your offensive line has given up over one third of the sacks allowed on your quarterbacks, that's a problem. And even when they're chipping and helping Dennis Daly on the left side, it's not working. They're getting beat. There are there are two plays in the last two games, the loss to the Jags and the loss to the Chargers. The Chargers sack when Tannehill got sacked out of field goal range in the fourth quarter. And uh, when Walker beat uh, Daly on the left side against the Jags, where Dennis Daly had chip help from a tight end, yet couldn't even get his hands on the edge rusher and allowed Tannehill to go down so quickly. And so I think the offensive line is holding this team back because even when they try to help them, it's not working. And then you look over on the right side, Nicholas Petit Frere's hit that rookie wall. Nate Davis just got rolled up on from Derrick Henry in that game two against the Chargers, and we don't know what he's going to look like. And Ben Jones has been held together by duct tape the last three years. So the offensive line is this team's biggest problem because it's hurting so many other aspects 
of this roster. Let me change the question for you, see if you change your answer. Instead of defensive injuries, team injuries. You can exclude offensive line injuries because that's that goes into the offensive line. But let's throw in Burks into this conversation. And does that change your your answer? No, I I mean the offensive. <laughs> but again, like- I, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought that was the question. And then I, I looked at the actual question. Yeah. So uh, that's what I thought we were asking until I actually read the question. But does that change your answer? No, because I think for the most part, and, and I've said this a few times throughout this season, the Titans have had 80% of their planned offensive line for the majority of the year. Ben Jones went out for a, a couple games but they were able to replace that and they won some with Aaron Brewer at center and Raiden's at left guard. But Lawan is the one guy who has been out that has really killed him. Um, and you know, that one injury cannot affect the offensive line this much. The Titans have to be better at replacing one injury than they have. Right, but that's the reason why John Robinson no longer has a job. This all stems back, and we sat there and talked about it at length when Isaiah Wilson was throwing money on strippers' asses. I mean, it's just the facts. of That was going to kill them years down the road. When yeah. was he drafted? Uh, what year? When, like, uh, late April of 2020, 29th overall. So, you know, it 9 only p.m. Took on a Thursday years. night. It only took two years to affect that major draft pick and basically getting zero out of him. Like, they didn't get one. They didn't get two. They didn't get a single penny. Zero. They got zero value out of Isaiah Wilson from a first-round pick. Caleb Farley is probably at a a .3. I wouldn't give him a zero, but he ain't worth a damn. Isaiah Wilson is killing where they are now. They also missed on Raidens. The reason why they had to do Raidens is because they had to reach mm-hmm. because they didn't have Isaiah Wilson. This is the Isaiah Wilson trickle-down effect. And Austin, I, I was trying to think of every different thing to kind of like combat and disagree and go look, with look, defensive look. injuries. Okay, But I, I do think it is offensive line. This is an Isaiah Wilson issue. And I know people get triggered when you say the two words, Isaiah Wilson, but... This is why they're at the the place that they're at because of that atrocious draft pick. It is because you yeah. said right before I started speaking, what you said is Taylor Lewan's singular injury shouldn't hurt this bad. You're right. It shouldn't. If they actually had a adequate tackle to help. And I also, man, it's so hard because we have such a small sample size on Dylan Radins playing left tackle that you honestly don't know. And we cannot, because of that small sample size, we can't judge the coaching staff yet on if it was correct to continue to play Dennis Daly over the last two months instead of Dylan Radins, right? Because Dylan Radins played yeah. in what, like six, He hadn't eight... earned that. He didn't no, earn no, no, that no. opportunity. Let me, let me finish. But, I, well, I don't think... I think there's points this season where you could point at Dennis Daly and say that he hasn't earned the opportunity to still play. I agree. Some, 
And so, well, Dylan yeah, Raiden's, yeah, they got to that point. That that's why Raiden's played in the first but half. It took so damn long to get to that point. I'm going to well, try to scroll back. It took three games. It took three losses. That's what it took. That's a long leash on. I know, but look, winning winning overshadows a lot of things. Losing reveals the warts. Yeah, but I, I think I think that's just uh, being Raiden, proactive. You were, we were all killing Raiden's earlier in the year. I'm not going to sit here and, and go back on that. No, like, I, he didn't earn that. Eventually, Dennis Daly played so bad, they lost three straight games that, well, yes, they had to make a change. But it wasn't like, well, oh, well, we got Raiden's. We'll be fine. No, it, it, it was, oh, it we got Raiden's. That. He hadn't it, been good. It, it was... Dylan Raiden's lost the right tackle job to NPF in August. That is what we were killing. It's uh, easier to play right tackle than left tackle. And if you can't play right tackle, why would you afford a guy an opportunity to play a difficult, more difficult position? Well, it's because it's because of what Dennis Daly was. Once Dennis Daly was the most obvious liability that this team had, why it took so long for Raiden's to get a shot because what did we learn last week, Zach? Media has been out there for the open portions of practice the entire season. All every week, media is out there. And last week was the first time that Sam texted me and said, Raiden's getting work at left tackle. And then what'd you see? Everybody in the Titans media, when they could report it, doing Raiden's getting work at left tackle. Three took, straight weeks of losses. That's, that's, that's why. That's too long. That is, that's what I'm saying is that's the coaching staff's fault for waiting that long. And, and so I, I found uh, John Glennon tweeted out the, the snap report, right? So Dylan Raiden's only played 15 snaps on offense before he got hurt. And what we know is that he graded out at like 82, 83, according to pro football focus in that limited sample size where Dennis Daly played 47 snaps on offense and graded about a 47. And so because of that small sample size, Raiden's looked a lot better, but we don't know truly because that's not enough work to judge an offensive lineman on 15 snaps, but it took us and it took the Titans coaching staff until seven and seven to even see Dylan Raiden's if he could be better than Dennis Daly. That's the problem is that it, they waited so long. And maybe they had to wait a little bit longer to try Raiden's out at left tackle because of the injury to Ben Jones on the concussion where you needed Raiden's at left guard. So I, I there's a little bit of that in there that I understand for the coaching staff. But when Dennis Daly started showing his ass early in the year, once he was a month in at left tackle, like, I, and I heard, um, who was it? Ramon, I believe it was Ramon Foster a couple weeks ago on the zone. If it wasn't, then I apologize. Is that at that point, Dennis Daly sticks out on the scouting report and is circled for the wrong reason, right? Then you start to attack, 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 attack that weakness. And that's where Dennis Daly giving up, I think now five sacks or six sacks in the last five games. That is the problem. And it took them way too long to try Dylan Raiden's at left tackle. And that's on the coaching staff, in my well, opinion. Well, and the reason why the offensive line is the correct answer, the chat got it right, you got it right, I, I got it right, I believe. Your starting quarterback is hurt. 
He's been so hurt. What's what's the sacrifice, right? Like your sacrifice is everybody and their mother knows that Malik Willis can't lead this football team to where they need to be. That Ryan Tannehill is the best source of offensive firepower at the quarterback position that they have because he understands you can agree or disagree of what the offense represents, but he, uh, he understands the offense. He can execute the offense. He can make the throws. He's proven in that sense. He has a lower ceiling, but he's hurt now. And so why is he hurt? I think he got re-injured because of the lack of protection. And you look at, when Mac rolled up on that, I mean, his ankle went one way, his leg went the other. I mean, it was, yeah. that is, if you've ever sprained your ankle and it's like, and I'll do the thumb, right? You've jammed your thumb and it takes so long yeah. to freaking heal. Like, and then boom, you jam it again and it hurts so bad. And you're like, wow, the progress that I had made over the last three and a half weeks is now completely gone and I can't go back to opening up doors again. Well, imagine you not jamming it again, but somebody just Khalil macking your thumb the other direction. That is what Ryan Tannehill, I, I don't know, I haven't seen Ryan Tannehill. I expect him to be booted up and maybe some crutches. I mean, I, I don't know. This is That is my opinion. There's zero sourcing on that. But I don't expect him to be ready to play on well, Sunday. I will we'll, be shocked. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ryan Tannehill tomorrow because the Titans, because they play on Saturday, the Titans do have practice today on a Tuesday slash walkthrough uh, on a Tuesday because Mike Vrabel basically told everybody they really haven't truly practiced uh, like normal in a while. Uh, but yeah, the best thing that came out of the Chargers Titans game was the meme of Ryan Tannehill looking out of the, the injury tent uh, after hurting his ankle for like the fifth time. Ryan Zach Ryan Tannehill hurt his ankle on October twenty third against the Colts. It is now December twentieth, and he's hurt it again. And he's also hurt the other ankle too. Like he is Carson Wentz level two sprained ankles from the first month of the Colts season a year ago, trying to fight through it because he's got to. And Ryan Tannehill's a tough son of a, you know what, but at some point, Dennis Daly and Aaron Brewer, who have combined to allow 16 of the 39 sacks on Titans quarterbacks this year, are going to get Ryan Tannehill significantly hurt. Well, and, and if Raiden's isn't healthy, that's who you're going to have to drag out there. That's the state of the team. It, it it's a tough pill to swallow, man, but that's who's going to have to be out there. You have no choice. And, and I think there's one person that's got to be better because of the state of the roster. And it's trying to protect that guy. Actually, you know what? But based off of Mike Vrabel, there are two people that have to be better when it comes to protecting Ryan Tannehill and what we know is the left side of the offensive line. I'll talk about that, and we'll play some more Mike Vrabel here in a second. But first, let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers. They are the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill might have, might feel like he's been in a car wreck this morning, uh, but if you have been injured in a car wreck or down the road, unfortunately, hopefully it doesn't happen to anybody that we, that we know here uh, watching the show or somebody you know, but if you are injured in a car wreck, you have to know where to go and where to make sure that you get everything you deserve monetarily from that unfortunate of a event of a car accident. And that is by going to Hughes and Coleman. They are the official injury lawyers 
of the Tennessee Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call them for a free case consultation. Their phone number is as easy as it gets. 800-800-4600. That's 800-800-4600. They've got the resources and the muscle to go battle and fight against the insurance company to get you what you deserve. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients across the state of Tennessee and in Kentucky. That's Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. It is the sports powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ SPORTS. All one word right there on the screen. You can see it. Risk free bet up to $1,000 for new users. They're the king of sports books. So download the app in your Android or Apple App Store today. All right. So I think there are two guys that I, I think need to be tasked with keeping Ryan Tannehill as healthy as possible for the rest of this season to try to get this AFC South title. Uh, It's the head coach who he is saying is responsible for the offensive coordinator's play calls. Mike, you said that you evaluate everything and everyone every week. So what's your evaluation of Todd Dunn's play calling from yesterday? Like our, Probably like our entire team's effort, not good enough to, to win. You know, um, I'm responsible for every call that goes in, um, whether it gets executed or, you know, it's a good call or a bad call. You know, you have to, you know, look and see times we got into a flow and a rhythm. And I just really, really always curious about play calling. Mike Vrabel just said he's responsible for every play call that goes out there. And Todd Downing, again, my uh, my official take here is that Todd Downing and Mike Vrabel have to be better when it comes to protecting Ryan Tannehill's health. That if Dennis Daly is a liability, if Aaron Brewer's undersized six foot one, 285, 95 pound frame is a liability on the left side, play calling is the really only way that they can help protect Ryan Tannehill's immobility with his current ankle injuries. And, you know, the, the Mike Vrabel comment right there is pretty interesting. What were your thoughts there? It's just a leader taking leadership responsibility, you know? And, and so I, I, I look at it as, well, let's, I, I want to play this. I want to play it right at the beginning okay. because listen to his reaction initially after the question is asked. That is the funny part of it. Cause it's, it's like a, Oh God, another downing question. <laughs> like you said that you evaluate everything and everyone every week. So what's your evaluation of Todd Dunn's play calling from yesterday? Like our, you know, probably like our entire team's effort, not good enough to, to win. You know, it, it the, the shoulder shrugs of, and then what did he do? He diverted the question to the team instead of one individual like he notoriously does, and that's his MO, which uh, I don't disagree with that. As the leader of the football team, and Austin, he's now even more the leader of the football team because John Robinson's ass is fired, right? There is nobody else. Amy Adams-Strunk, who won't go and talk, is he, that's not the leader of the football team. Mike Vrabel is the sole leader of the football team. So, when he answers the way that he does, it's not surprising that he's taking responsibility for every single facet. But that's what presidents, CEOs, head coaches, those that's what 
general managers, that's what they should do. That is Mm -hmm. what their responsibility is because that's the trickle down. It's not a we fault. It is a me uh, because I'm responsible for Todd Downing, who's responsible for the play calls to get in, who's responsible for Ryan Tannehill, who's responsible for the protection of Ryan Tannehill and where we are. So that's yeah. why he said what he said. Yeah, uh, Balvazar Fire says uh, he at least said it wasn't good enough. That's more than what he said before and continues in saying he usually solely blames the players, right? That wasn't a – he had an opportunity to, you know, the execution wasn't their line. And, and the execution – aspect of play calling is important and I don't want to discredit that because Mike Vrabel also said something yesterday about play calling is that you know he didn't say play calling is overrated but play calling and execution do go hand in hand and overall generally broadly vaguely yes but there are situations where the Titans play calling has put their players in bad situations and I I think about Sunday against the Chargers, where it was third and nine at the 24-yard line in a 7-7 tied football game in the fourth fourth quarter, you're in field goal range, and you've got to put your players in the best situation to succeed, and having a five-step full drop back when Dennis Daly's at left tackle and Ryan Tannehill's playing with his injured ankle for the fourth time is not the right call to put your players in the best spot to succeed. I'm going to ask you a question on that though. And you're not going to be able to answer it because it's hindsight's 2020. Sure. But at third and nine, if they just handed the ball off and got third and eight in a one yard gain and, and Derek Henry got stonewalled, I just feel you would have been like, they're not even trying Right? Like, so there's you, and I, we talked about this yesterday. Todd Downing went for it on third and nine. Now, it ended up biting him in the, you know what? It did. It didn't work. But if he would have just sat up and run the ball and it gotten stonewalled, it's third and eight, and they kick a field goal, I think there's criticism for him to say they're not actually trying to go win. So they're I just think playing you have for to, a field goal. But we have to understand what the offense is, right? Like you, you have to, like, we have to be smart and realistic about it, but you're going to have to play the game. I, Zach, Regardless, I you're going to have to I, throw the football, Austin. You that cannot is a, run your way to a Super Bowl. That We've is been a, saying that for Zach, years. That is a fair question for you to pose to me. And I, and again, like I, we were not on, I was on the game day shows. You and Sam did that. I was, you can ask my wife, I was sitting on the couch and I had said, I talk out loud during games. You, you, you sat next to me at the mainstay for years as I was doing that. I talk out loud. I, on 39, I said, you can't lose yards. You cannot you lose yards. Zero. Yeah, or you can positive. say that after you lose no, yards. I, no, no before, the, <laughs> before the snap, Zach. I, I'm saying, again, before the snap, you go into 39. You understand that Aaron Brewer and Dennis Daly are your left guard and left tackle. Ryan Tannehill struggling to move. There is no Traylon Burks or playmaker on the outside. There's also no Dontrell Hilliard available to you. So what do you have to do? You're in field goal range. It's seven to seven. Your defense has not allowed points since the Chargers' first drive of the game two hours ago against Justin Herbert. So what do you do? You've got to get points. You understand this is a spot 
where points are at a premium. And the only way you don't get points two ways, a turnover or accepting a sack. And the two, those are two things you cannot do at third and nine on the 24 yard line in that situation. Football is situational. We, we know that Mike Vrabel knows that he's talked about it all the time. So you have to judge each situation differently and you yeah, cannot I, I, lose. Not, I know it's hindsight. So, but I sit here and I feel like you're going to, you'd criticize because they ran the football I, I, and only and, got a yard. And, I, I just, again, I, I criticize I think, that entire situation because the Tennessee Titans. Well, then, then, then they should just give up. They should just no. only run the football. If you're going to sit there and they should only do what they need that we know sometimes works, which is running the football because throwing the football rarely works. But what so, do they do? Like, then you, that's kind of what you're doing. You're saying I think, uh, that. Just, look, this is a bigger conversation. Um, because it goes into their offensive philosophy. Well, but- yes, and no, I'll I'll sit here. The love of the show goes to Greg because the Titans, until they, as long as Derrick Henry is on their football team, Greg is correct. Greg is absolutely correct moving forward. Derrick Henry needs to be a compliment, not a focus. That has got to be the evolution uh-huh. of twenty two. And the only way that that's going to happen is surrounding him with better players on the offensive side of the football. They have not done that very well. But as for the rest of Derrick Henry's Titans career, he needs to stop being a focus and start being a compliment. So, Greg, you're getting the love of the show because I believe that should to be true. Unless you're playing a bottom five run defense like you were against the Chargers. Right, but you have the luxury to adapt there. You uh, don't have the luxury to adapt with the way that, you're, you're structured now. Uh, again, uh, this is where these situations happening. Uh, Andre gives Sam some more lunch money. At some point, me, Sam, you, and maybe Jack are going to go to lunch. Uh, but Andre says downing doesn't make sense. He'll pass that situation on third down and nine from the 24-yard line in field goal range, but run on third and 12 down by three in his own end, right? Uh, and there's there's not a consistency there. Well, because- third and 12 and third and nine are different, <clears throat> so you have to understand that you also have the percentages change let's talk about football though football 101 the percentages change when you're under 10 yards or you're over 10 yards that is a difference so like there's a separation there yeah but again understanding the roster understanding what this offense is incapable of doing you cannot lose yards in field goal range. The t- but you also have Titans- to try. The only way that you're going to... Look, it was not a good decision. It failed. I fully see that. We saw it. We we admit it. But if you don't try, you're never... The likeliness of Derrick Henry getting on third and nine, nine yards, is a lower percentage. It just is, correct? Doesn't mean and, that and, you can't do it. And, and Zach, I'm not talking about I'm not saying that the Titans should have run the football on third nine from the 24 like that. I think that would have been an option that maybe could have led them to Randy Bullock making a 40 yard field goal instead of missing a 51 sacrificing the drive for points. So, but it's no, it's points. Like you have again, it's seven. But that's what you're doing. If you quarter. run on that, that situation, you're trying to score, you're trying to get points and take a lead in the fourth quarter. It can on be the justified. Anything can be justified. So, Dropping again, but, back can be justified. I, again, I think, I think the, the, the five step drop was the problem. It was a longer, slower developing pass concept. That's the only way you're getting nine yards, Austin. 
You can't get nine yards on a three-step drop to expect guys to break tackles. Nobody can break tackles on the offense. They're inadequate. I'm with John. I'm saying no yards is a positive in that situation. And John, I know he's. You're both doing hindsight. I, I no, I'm not. This, of I'm course, not. you're doing hindsight. You, no, I'm not. Like you understand. Everybody understands in the huddle, right? There's a can't take a sack, right? Like Todd Downing or Mike Vrabel, whoever is the last person in Ryan Tannehill's ear on third and nine from the 24 yard line. One thing you can't do: don't take a sack. Don't fumble the football. You know that. You know you're in field goal range in a tie game where points are at a premium, it's and they the wasted way that. to get the first down. He chose to try to get the first down. He failed, but that was his decision. And that's and again didn't do anything else. But he tried to get the first down. You have to understand his way of thinking. I I, I get that, but so, I, so I, it's justified. It should make you feel better that that was the action. It did not work out. It, it was a negative play. It cost them possibly three points. But he doesn't have the players to draw up three-step drops to get your the ball into Robert Woods' hands on a slat, slant because it's going to not get a first down. And Jared says, game situation awareness. We knew losing yards. It was an unforgivable, uh, unforgivable in that moment. And that's my biggest knock on Todd Downing over the last two years that he has been the play caller is that his game situational awareness is very lackluster. Okay. This goes right into the question. Is it micro? Is it Mike Vrabel's responsibility on that play call? Is that, so are you, if you're going to attack Todd Downing, you're asked sure. better attack Mike Vrabel because Vrabel sat there and we just heard him and said, yeah. every single Titans play call is Mike Vrabel's responsibility. Yep. So okay. you, are you getting mad at the right person or the wrong person? I, I will. That's a great. I'm glad you brought this up, Zach. So I will answer that question. But first, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Palisade, the Sonata, the Elantra, the Santa Fe, the Tucson. Fuel-efficient vehicles. That's what they have at Wilson County Hyundai. And, man, they will hook you up. You've got – look, if you're – Thinking about getting a new vehicle, getting a new car, getting a new SUV, the holidays are right around. To start 2023, man, if you could be in a brand new Palisade with all the bells and whistles, third row seating for your family, that is hooking you up. Or the Ionic, which is battery powered to combat the, the fuel. You charge that bad boy up and you're you're out of Dodge. I mean, that's what it is. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. Visit their inventory and, and look online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Also download the BetMGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. I said it earlier in the show. I'll say it again. I have hit the Austin Hooper over receiving yards prop five straight weeks, unlocking me some money on the BetMGM app, just like you can when you sign up with BetMGM using our code ATOZ Sports, and you get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. That's after your first deposit when you sign up for the BetMGM app using code ATOZ Sports. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject to qualification, eligible requirements. Rewards issued are knowledgeable for bets. Credit credit for bets to seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. The question that Zach has posed here, do you buy or sell 
that Mike Vrabel is responsible for every Titans play call. We'll play the uh, video clip from yesterday's press conference again. Mike, you said that you evaluate everything and everyone every week. So what's your evaluation of Todd Dunn's play calling from yesterday? Like our, you know, probably like our entire team's effort, not good enough to, to win. You know, um, I'm responsible for every call that goes in, um, whether it gets executed or, you know, it's a good call or a bad call. You know, you have to, you know, look and see the times we got into a flow and a rhythm. And I just really, really always curious about play calling. Well, and I couldn't quite catch Nikki's follow-up there that led to Vrabel saying, I'm responsible for every play call. So buying or selling that. So Zach, you specifically asked me, is it Mike Vrabel that you, that I should also be upset with on the third and nine at the 24 yard line play call that led to Tannehill getting sacked. Cause Dennis Daly couldn't get his hands on the edge rusher after having chip help. I mean, yeah, I think Mike Vrabel, I buy what Mike Vrabel saying there because the head coach should have veto power on play calls. Now it's, it's about the play general concept, not like the specific play that's being called, but the run versus pass or deep drop versus quick throw. Those type of things is what I think Mike Vrabel needs to have veto power over. Cause if Todd Downing calls in a play that, you know, is going to require extra protection from a chip of a tight end and a deeper drop from your quarterback who's hurt, then Mike Vrabel should say, no, 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 can't take a sack. Don't put our guys in a spot to take a sack to lose field goal range. That is where I think Mike Vrabel should have some responsibility for those play calling. So I'm going to go to the chat and I'm going to, I'm going to state my answer. Um, Steven's buying, Grim Jim is buying, selling from Button, big sell from Pistol. Noah says buy. Uh, and Jake says, hell no, he's just covering. Uh, might override one or two. And Jake, I'm going to come back to your comment because uh, I, I kind of tend to, to lean more towards that. Sell, it's coach speak. Um, a couple of Zach's is correct. I don't know what you're talking about before. But uh, Jared says, yes, he should... Uh, have situational awareness too. Uh, so, I mean, I think, so buy or sell. I think conceptually you buy it because he's the head coach, but logistically you sell it. Austin, okay. what if he's coaching up the defense from a play that happened that he saw earlier? And then that third and nine, he's talking to Bud Dupree on where to get his hands. He's not logistically responsible for every but, single but, solitary play like uh, th so that, that i am selling that i am selling todd downing and here's another thing in management managing that's how you develop companies that's how you develop teams that's how you develop structures you at the at one point you have to allow them to do their job i don't think mike vrabel uh i think he allows todd down i think this may be a fault but I think he allows Todd Downing to do his job. I think he allows him to call the plays. I think Mike Vrabel, as a head coach, you have a lot on your plate, especially now that your general manager is fired. You got to start figuring out a lot of different things and in game. So I'm selling this because logistically, I don't think that Mike Vrabel is a micromanager. And so 
I, I don't think in that situation, because look, if I'm Todd Downing, just like we've been talking about, if I'm Todd Downing in the headset, calling a play to say, let's go get this first, first down, it's third and nine. You're going to have Robert Woods on a deep out. Whatever was said, I don't know. But that can be justified for Mike Vrabel to not say, oh, nope, let's not go for the first down. Let's get an eye formation, run the football, no, and kick a field not, goal. Uh, right? Like, they're, that's why I'm selling this. Conceptually, yes, he is responsible for everything that goes on because he's the head coach. But logistically, it's a sell for me. But where I, you know, you said, you know, Todd, uh, Todd Downing has to call the plays because what if Mike Vrabel's talking to Bud Dupree about his hands placement? I think the head coach should be in more involved in the play calling than being involved in a player's hand placement. Like talking to Bud Dupree he's is not coach. Mike Vrabel. He's Mike Vrabel. Yes, exactly. Austin, you're smarter than that. He's Mike Vrabel. No, he's he's, he's not that, going exactly. to sit here and be more analytical. If he sees something of hand placement, he's going to walk his happy ass over no, no, no. to Tierra Tart when he's playing yeah, and say, look, but, get here. Yeah, but not That's on how third and nine the fourth quarter. Not on third and nine the fourth quarter. On third and nine the fourth quarter, every head coach is dialed in to what that play call is going to be. But you also, again, I gave two examples. I gave two examples. I didn't it's, go all it's in. It's the situation, on that. Zach. It's the situation. It's a, it's, if it's third and nine in the first quarter, sure. It's third and nine in the fourth quarter in a seven, seven football game when you've lost three games in a row and you're on the road and your quarterback is hurt and your left tackle has given up the most pressures of any left tackle in the sport and also given up at that point, 11 sacks on the season about to be his 12th sack on the season. It is that situation that the head coach has to be dialed in on that situation, not Bud Dupree's hand placement that they can. He, but he also has to let his coaches coach. Yes, I agree. But so he let his coaches coach in that there's situation. There's also a collaborative, and Mike Vrabel's talked about this before. Sometimes play calling is a collaborative effort. It, on on from what the, I know, that's you think you think in that situation it, of that that. He's just vetoing and, and overriding stuff. No, that's not no. how it works, and, and Austin. Again, I think I'll just tell you that. I think it's that, just not how it works. No, I you think can, like you know, in a in a great realm. Oh yes, let's make sure that the head coach, a defensive head coach, is involved in every single solitary offensive play call. Oh, conceptually, yeah, that yeah, that makes that I'm sounds not great. That. I'm that's not, not how it works, Austin. In, I'll just tell you that, and I know that. But Mike Vrabel in his ear, knows exactly what play is being called. And he is a part of that conversation every snap on what's going through Todd Downing's headset, the another offensive coaching staff that Downing might be chatting with about each situation. Mike Vrabel hears all of that and should have the ability to say, let's do something quicker. Let's throw the ball. Let's go for the first down, but do something quicker. It's third nine. You can't. I don't, I don't know how I can yell a Zach, little louder that you can't do something quick on third and nine and go for the first down. Can you admit that? The Titans don't have players to do something quick and get a first down. But Zach, they don't. No. But Zach, you're missing the point. Do you, can you admit that though? So stop saying go for something quick and go for the first down. The Titans offense can't do that. Zach, we have to understand that this Titans offense was not in a spot where they could lose yards. That the the biggest problem is that they missed a field goal because of a loss of 10 yards on nine yards on the sack. 
in a tie game. You have to protect it's against either or Austin. A decision was made to go for the first down. So you have to have a longer step drop back and longer routes to get nine yards. Cause you don't have AJ Brown on the field to throw a three yard slant and it could to go for 15. I'm not asking. That's the that. point. I'm Can asking. You admit for- that though. You have to take that out of your head because uh, a quick, a quick little out is not going to get you nine. I want points. The Titans offense needs points. Right. You can disagree with that. I don't, I'm, I've never argued that, but Todd Downing chose to go for the first down. And that was, I don't get upset at an offensive coordinator trying to go for a first down. That's why I I don't kill him. I, I think, I think Zach that. And Jared, Jared wrong. Nobody's breaking a tackle. Nobody. Nobody is bre- the only guy that's breaking a ta- tackle is Derrick Henry, and that's got to be the perfect pass play for Derrick Henry, where he can actually catch it, turn, and go upfield and have blockers. So, Jared, wrong. Nobody's breaking a tackle. Sheila, run and kick a field goal was the correct call. Period. Austin's correct situational football. Greg says one thing. Austin is right on. If they did a short route. It would essentially be a run play and no loss of yards. Again, you know what you absolutely cannot afford to have happen is a turnover or a sack. That is the problem. And the Titans put the worst left tackle in pro football this year in a spot to protect an injured, immobile quarterback on third and nine when Khalil Mack, Kyle Van Noy, and all the other Chargers edge rushers are going, pin those ear backs and get They went for the first down. And in this situation, Zach? They went for it. They missed. It was a decision. And and I'm not saying don't go for the third nine. I'm saying protect your players by calling a play they can execute without having a sack. It's either or, though. The only way you're going for third and nine is for it with deeper routes. You could you could have said, look, we're just going to throw a short two-yard route. You're going to kick a field goal. It would have been the same as running Derrick Henry. You know what I would have liked to do? They didn't do that, though. You know they what I went for the first down. You know what it would have been a better decision is put Chig on the sideline <laughs> and against a, sh- a shorter player and do a, a shotgun snap. Tannehill takes one step. Lofts it up in the air to have Chig go fight for a jump ball. There, it's it's either and Tannehill knows don't throw it inside. Either get it where only Chig can, or have it go out of bounds. So you're Again, kicking up. You can play armchair quarterback on Tuesday all you want, and that's what you're doing. Zach, I was, but, hmm. but that's what you're doing. You, no. You're playing armchair quarterback uh, Zach, on Tuesday. To- <sighs> you're, you, that's the easy way for you to to talk about no, my the now. facts. I'm, I'm I literally all I've stated no. is facts. And Todd Downing had to make a decision. He didn't make the right one, but at least. I hope you understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to get the first down. And and I'm saying with the with the off with the 11 players on the football field that include Dennis Daly, Aaron Brewer and an injured Ryan Tannehill, it was the wrong decision. <laughs> okay, you can say that. I, yes. I I didn't disagree with that. It obviously was the wrong decision. It cost him possibly 3 points. Yes. 
Okay. Like, it's hindsight is so easy to but go again, back. Again, you know, like everybody who watches football on TV has a man. You can't take a sack here. Like, 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 how many times has everybody's dad he went for the first him? down? I mean, I, now we're going in circles. Let's go to trivia. All right, let's let's get the Tuesday sports trivia. We've got five questions coming up for Tuesday sports trivia, four sports, one non-sports. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys all about our friends at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to make sure you know who to go to and who you can trust to get yourself back to health. And they've got the specialists who do know how to deal and help you with any type of injury you could possibly think of or have happen when it comes to injuries that happen in life or injuries that happen uh, when you're playing rec sports or uh, high school sports, middle school sports, whatever it is, son or daughter gets hurt, go to the Bone and Joint Institute to make sure that they get the best care possible. Boneandjointtn.org. Is the sports promo code BETMGM. You got the right there. You can download the app. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Let's get to it. Tuesday sports trivia here on the show. I was off last Tuesday. Zach, how did uh, trivia go last week with you and Jack? We went three and two. One, okay. one was, and this, and you probably, uh, this is a tough one. Who was second in dunks in the, in the NBA in 2002? I think it was. Yeah. Who was second in the, and I don't have the chat open, so I can answer this fairly. Who was second in the NBA in dunks in 2002? So that was pre-Dwight Howard. Um, Was that, could that, I mean, it could have been like a Kevin Garnett, Minnesota T-Wolves. So we guessed Kenyon Martin, which. Ooh, Kmart, aisle five. Paul Gasol, rookie year in Memphis. Oh, wow. So got backdoored there. That, that was, I think, our four. <laughs> Pow! <laughs> right? Um, all right. First up, NFL. Who is the first NFL quarterback to pass for over 400 yards in three consecutive games? I think we've had this one. When you were off one week. Okay. Um, which of these gentlemen called radio play-by-play for the Oklahoma Sooners football team? Have you had this one? Uh, not to my knowledge. Which of these gentlemen called radio play-by-play for the Oklahoma Sooners football team? Frank Gifford and Jim Nance, Al Michaels and Chris uh, Schneckel, uh, Walter Cronkite, and Kurt Gowdy, Chris Berman, and Keith Jackson. I don't, it was not Berman and Jackson because those two guys are play by play guys and they wouldn't been together, right? Because this is, this is a play by play color commentary combo. Yeah. Which of these gentlemen called radio play by play for the Oklahoma Sooners football team? Frank Gifford and Jim Nance, Al Michaels, Chris Neckel, Walter Cronkite, and Kurt Gowdy or Chris Berman and Keith Jackson? What was the first one again? Is that the Frank Gifford one? Frank Gifford and Jim Nance. I think it's that one. What do you think? 
like Al Michaels has done every broadcast I feel like ever done, ever made. So mine's between the Frank Gifford and Al Michaels. But I do not know. Right, let's go with the, um, let's go with the uh, Gifford. Final A to Z. Walter Cronkite and Kurt Gowdy called play-by-play for the Oklahoma Sooners football team, 1937. Mm. Gowdy handled the task in 1945. So oh. they weren't together. They were separate, oh. but both did okay. it. All right. Oh, and one. That was tough. Okay. Damn, this is another tough one. It seems like the all-time leader in hits should always be pictured with a bat. On which of these tops cards is Pete Rose not shown holding a bat? God, this is impossible. 1966 tops, 1976 tops, 1971 tops, or 1975 tops? So which one? 71, 75, 76? 66, 76, 71, 75. 66, 76, 71, or 75? Scott says 75. David and Mr. HWTF say 76. Was he a rookie in 66? Yeah, I was thinking the young old thing too. Mm. Oh, Brad says 71 because he was sliding into third. That's a lot. Oh, and then Mark, 71 because it would have shown him slide, sliding into uh, Ray Fossey. That's right. Uh, I think that's the right answer. 71? I mean, it, it, it's backed up. It's all we have. David then uh, says, se- uh, says 76 lock it in. We got two people that say the 71 was the slide. David's pretty adamant. David Allen, who's given us Christmas cards before, saying 76 is correct. Do we go with our guy, David Allen? I mean, I have no idea. The the 70s baseball is let's not go. Modern. Let's go with our guy, David Allen, and go 1976 final A to Z. Nineteen seventy six. Wearing some cool flip down sunglasses under his hat with sideburns. David says he's a baseball card collector. All right, one and one. To the pitch. This football legend was in his heyday with Manchester United during the 1960s. He's also known as much for his football skills as his love of women, partying, and alcohol. Who is this legend? 
David Beckham, which that's not it. Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, or George Best. So, you know, David Beckham's the only name I know. Yeah, well, and David Beckham is not 1960. Yeah. So, Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, or George Best. We need somebody that. I mean, there's culture in there, so somebody knows one of those three guys who was maybe a womanizer, a, a We've partier. We've got Preston and David coming in quickly with George Best, and. Jose, George Best, 98% sure. Uh, Elks, who I believe is Big Ten Jeff, uh, saying George Best, lock it in. So I'm go- I think we go George Best, final A to Z. Everybody's saying George Best. After Best left United, he played for several, several other clubs, but never against at the highest level. Died in London in 2005 at the age of 59. George Best. All right, we're two and one so far today. Last sports question coming up. Which college player was the first to ever rush for 20 touchdowns and pass for 30 touchdowns in one season? We had this one recently because the answer was, um, I believe it was Tebow. It, McNair is an option, right? Yes. Yeah. Because it it's is not Tim McNair. Tebow. Yeah. So we had that one. Man, we're, we've done so many trivia. We're, we're doing the same ones. Um, well, then we're going to have to go with back to, uh, I guess, baseball cards. <laughs> um, I think we should maybe be able to get this. Uh, okay. In 1963, Top showed two Hall of Famers together in their classic Pride of the NL card. Which two were they? 1963, two Hall of Famers, pride of the NL. So played in the National League. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, Willie Mays and Stan Musial, Hank Aaron and Stan Musial, or Roberto Clemente and Duke Schneider. Now, Hank Aaron played for the Braves. There's the NL. Willie Mays is also NL with the Giants. Roberto Clemente played for the Pirates. Where did Stan? What team did Stan Musial and Cardinals. Duke Snyder play for? Cardinals was Musial. So we're all in L. <laughs> I was trying to see if we could eliminate somebody. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays have been a damn good yeah, card. Hank, that's and I think it's Hank and Willie. That's what a, that's the most popular. Um, answer from the chat is is hank aaron willie mays preston says snyder played for the dodgers okay so let's eliminate that one i i think we go uh hank and willie because that was you know hank aaron was in his prime i, I think in stan usually yeah I, let's go hank and willie you'll lock that in final it is he <sighs> Willie is and correct. Clemente, right? Musual is the oh, other one. Dang. Surpassed 3,000 hits by 1963, and the Say Hey Kid was at the height of his Hall of Fame career. Mm. Two and two. We need our non-sports one to come through strong. All right, we go to UFO. 
we go to extraterrestrial. What explanation was offered to explain a UFO sighting near Kyoto, Japan in 1235? What? What explanation was offered to explain a UFO sighting near Kyoto, Japan in 1235? Was it a comet, fire-breathing birds, angry gods, or wind-blowing the stars about? Back Just like yesterday, 1235, Kyoto, Japan. What was the explanation offered to explain a UFO sighting? Comet, fire-breathing birds, angry gods, or wind-blowing the stars about? <laughs> this is a turning point. Angry birds. Yeah. Um, so Jared says comet, and then he came back and said, uh, well, he actually first said meteor, then he came back and said comet. So that made me think that Jared might actually know this. I, I think the wind blowing the stars about is feels very like, early japan to me right because it was in japan yeah i don't it, think i don't think the japanese are as caught up into the angry gods or gods and emotions and reactions as much as like the european countries were at that point i feel like the wind blowing stars about i is think very that japanese. or fire breathing birds yeah, because fire breathing and I look, I, I don't know much about like the you know Asian culture in that sense, but especially in 1235, but I dragons, think, fire breathing. I feel like that's a big part of that type of culture. I think the wind blowing stars about is the best. I think it's fire breathing birds. Do we want to have a good old fashioned coin flip? I mean, do you have a coin? I usually, I usually had my NFL. Let's see what we got here. Hold on. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I got it. All right. It's uh, not I, a coin, but it's it's this. It's like one of those things where like uh, like a selfie stick. I don't even know where it come from, but you know, like you press it and it will take the picture for you. So this is heads. So this is fire breathing birds. Okay. And this uh, backside is wind blowing stars about. All right. You ready? Best out of seven. I'm kidding. All right. You go with your fire breathing birds. It's going to be wrong. Oh no. Cause it's oh, mine. No. Cause I was right. On September 24th, 1235, General Yoratasumi and his army observed mysterious globes of light flying loops in the night sky near Kyoto, Japan. The general's advisors told him not to worry. It was merely the wind blowing the stars about. I mean, that was just perfect. I, I feel like I had my Japanese logic down. So that's that's on you. I'll, ta I'll take full responsibility. I need to study up on 13th century <laughs> Japanese culture a little bit more. Mm. So you, uh, you guys went three and two last week, right? Yeah. Two and three. 
two and three today. So that puts us 21 out of 30 at 70%. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Got to bounce back. Got to bounce back. The good thing about this is now that we're, and I like we're doing it five at a time instead of 10, we can chop away. We get a fiver. That's huge. Big. Yes, absolutely. So, all right, guys, great show here on this Tuesday. The Titans do practice today. So Sam Fayle will be at, at St. Thomas Sports Park for that coverage. Maybe we'll find out more injury status on quarterback Ryan Tannehill. So make sure you stick with our social media, especially on YouTube and Facebook. Like the show before you go on both of those platforms, YouTube and Facebook. And if you're not subscribed already to our YouTube channel, absolutely do so to get all of our content that we put out there from Titans practice, live shows, podcasts, and more right there. So like the show before you go and subscribe on YouTube. And we'll talk to you guys Wednesday morning. Appreciate it as always. Adios.